Oh, man. Emily, how are you? I am doing so good. How are you, Emmy? I'm doing great as well. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. I know I already said that like 18 times, but it's still, it's still true. It's true as I said when I said it the first time. Same, same. I'm super excited to be talking to you and learning about your time and your house and like all the good things. Um, so tell me about a little bit about yourself, what mediums you write, how long have you been writing for, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, oh my gosh. Uh, so I feel like I've been writing for a super, 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 super long time. Um, my mom was a poetry major when she went to college. So like ever, right. It's one of the those, family. Like, exactly. One of those in the family. So I always grew up with books all the time. I grew up with, you know, being read to going to the library. And so around middle schools, I think when I really started to like, you know, take it on and like start writing. Middle like school that. Exactly. And you know, you always have that great middle school English teacher who's like, why don't we just write things all day? And you're like, yes, please. This is what I want to do. Touch with her. Still right? touch with her. Thank you, Miss Farley. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, I think I just kind of like kept writing, kept writing. And then um, once I got into college, I, I, I kind of done more sciencey stuff. And I think in college, I was like, this is really the time I want to like, take my time really like, discover new things, write new things, do new things. So I, um, we had a little conversation about this before, but I started out in fiction, did the, the entire career writing tract in fiction, figured out that was not for me and that I was not really that good at it, but I really, really loved poetry. So I started all over again with poetry. And then as I entered writer's house, my junior year, I um, started doing other little classes. I just still did a couple little fiction classes on the side. Um, I took Doug Kern's um, screenwriting course, which absolutely changed my life in the way that I like look at writing and everything that has to do with dialogue and characters and all that amazing just stuff. Um, I worked with stylists for my senior year with uh, my beautiful, wonderful co-editor-in-chief, Jenna Godley. I still love her so, so, so much, but we did the um, 2016 stylist together. And then um, I also, like we talked about, I thought that I was going to jump right in from that to MFA, applied to like 10 different MFAs and got rejected from every single one of them. So I was like, oh gosh, well, I guess this is it then. This is it. <laughs> We've had a great time in college. Now we're done. We're never writing ever again. Great run guys, <laughs> but that, that isn't what happened. I went into the workforce. I worked with editing and publishing for a good five years. Then I was like, you know what? I think it's time to, you know, focus on my own writing, focus on, you know, editing my own poetry instead of other people's. And I just really wanted to jump all into it again. So I applied and I'm now a grad student at Sarah Lawrence College. I'm in my very first year. I finished my first semester and it's super, super exciting and great, but that's kind of my, you know, slightly rocky road in terms of me and poetry and what I do and how I do it. So it's, it's been a very long, long journey. <laughs> I love that. And congratulations on getting into Terry Lawrence. That's really awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what inspires your writing? What is your process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I think after a long, long time of kind of trial and error of writing about a bunch of different things and kind of throwing stuff in the wall and seeing what sticks, I think right now I really, really, really love writing persona poetry. Um, I love just kind of discovering a person or a character or looking at a story from a way that maybe it hasn't really been looked at before and kind of writing in these previously unseen and unheard voices. So um, 
I love doing stuff in mythology. I wrote a poem um, this semester about uh, Penelope in the Odyssey and kind of like her perspective waiting for Odysseus to come home. Um, and really my process is just kind of looking out for these interesting stories and kind of always being aware of like, hmm, what would happen if we did this instead of this? Or what would happen if the story was being told from the wife's perspective instead of the husband's and kind of just always looking for the different angle to things that we're already kind of seeing and being told. And so that's kind of how my approach works for the most part. It varies from that a lot, but whenever I'm in doubt and I really need to write something, I'm like, where's something interesting that I've seen or heard that I have stuck in my head or I can't get out of my head, I need to write down and put on paper. And so that's really what I always end up coming back to. I love that. That's awesome. I'm also like a really big like Greek mythology and mythology like person. You can like see yeah. my bookshelf and just like I love it. Oh my gosh. And it's true. There's there more. Of us left anymore. There I was surprised at how many people don't just know mythology off the top of their heads. And I'm like, this is what we need to do. We need to tell people mythology again. Literally, like I'm such a nerd when it comes to it. Oh my gosh, yes, I love it. Um, so would you like to share some poetry with us today? I would love to. So kind of like what I was talking about, um, I want to share a pair of poems that I wrote. Um, and it's actually based in a story I found. Um, my So one of my sets of great grandparents um, were immigrants from Finland in the early 1900s. And so that's always been a part of my culture and something I've really, really been interested in my entire life. And so I discovered the Finnish mythology of the creation of the world, which I thought was really interesting. I'm going to tell Ooh. you about it because it makes a lot more sense if you, if you know. So essentially what the Finlanders believe kind of created the universe was in the classic sense was the, um, the goddess Ilmatar. And I'm I apologize in advance for my awful pronunciations of Finnish words, but Ilmatar, the goddess of the air, pretty much floats in the ocean, pregnant with her son Vainamoinen for over 733 years until one day, mm -hmm, pregnant for 700 years. I, <laughs> it's insane. Until one day a bird flies over, lays an egg on her thigh, and the egg becomes so, so, so hot, she has to just kick it off of her. The egg breaks open, and the world is created from this egg. And at the same time, Vainamoinen births himself pretty much as a 733 year old man and becomes the first human. And that's kind of the story of how life on earth starts. And so I read that and I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Like how just crazy of a story. So I have a pair of poems that I wrote about it that I'm gonna share with you um, kind of based around that. I'm so excited. One, Ilmatar right before the world. This is why you are so strong, my love. You are completely made of me. We float here as we always have, me inside the oceans, you inside of me. I have forgotten what gravity feels like. You are lucky, my love, to never know it. Pikulinut land on my thighs, perch just above the surface and lay their children upon me. You see, my love, look, they are sitting, keeping everything so, so warm. That is what love is. And I, I will always be an egg for you, even when I hear you whisper to the sky at night, begging to be set free. Foolish child, you do not understand the heaviness outside. Look at the birds. 
there is a reason they are in eggs. Look how my fingers prune thick 700 year wrinkles, the same ones now burrowed in your face. Poikini, is it so wrong? I never wanted you to leave me. Two, Vinamoinen, after the world. It takes so much to grow things. And perhaps that's what you forgot because when it became so hot, it felt as if we were a sauna, it became so hot we could no longer bear it. You kicked your leg and you broke them. The mothers flew to the sky calling out in such mourning and the eggs flew into the ocean and you cried because the world opened and I was no longer an egg. Shells cracked into our ground and our sky, sun separated yolk, moon cloudy whites, surrounded by the beginning of something that never was. So I swam and the birds flew above me and I wondered if they knew what they were flying through, how different and familiar it must feel. The dirt is heavy and cold under my feet and looking up, finally, I breathe. Thank you. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, I'm gonna go cry now. Oh, that was amazing. That was truly like such amazing imagery. I I could see it in my head really clearly. Oh my god, you're gonna make me cry now. <laughs> you have such a great voice too when it comes to reading. I was like just like sitting here like I can listen to you all day. <laughs> That is something I've actually been, my, my last teacher was like, Emily, I want you to read out loud every day and you need to get used to it because it's something you need to know how to do. So I'm like, when you asked me, I was like, this is perfect. This is, Marie's going to be so proud of me. <laughs> I love that. You can send her the episode. <laughs> right? Just like, Marie, look, I did it. I promised. <laughs> love that. Um, so going back to your time in writer's house, is there any like specific memory you have of writer's house or anything that like pops into your head? Honestly, whenever I think of writer's house, I really do just remember. So I lived in Queen Anne's for my last two years. Yes, hey. uh, Queen Anne's represent. It is like, first of all, such a beautiful building. And I just remember being able to walk anywhere in Queen Anne's and just run into someone that I knew or someone I had a class with Back. or just, right? <laughs> and, or just like, I would love going to the library late at night to study and it would just be like all of us sitting around that table or someone would just say like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm going to the Incon. Do you guys need anything? And we're like, yes, please get me all the Mountain Dew. Thank you. Like, you know, just like, and I think that's something that's so, so, so underrated is like being in a place where you can literally just go anywhere and automatically just be with your people and just feel just even people who maybe you didn't even know, just you're, you already know I'm around writers. I'm around people who love writing. And I, and I know if I say something like, Hey, have you read this, you know, thing for class yet? Or what are you reading? Then it's automatically, we're going to talk. And probably by the end of it, we're going to be best friends or at least Facebook friends. <laughs> I love that. I definitely relate to that. Truly, like, in writer's house, you meet the kindest people ever. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, just like people who I didn't even, I never would have probably met otherwise or thought of meeting, that we just run into each other and just, it starts a whole new thing. I never have been able to feel that anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, which ward did you live in? Um, I lived in the, um, oh my God, I forget the name. It's one right on the right as soon as you walked in. That was my 
um, like little, little, our little corner in the middle of nowhere that like not connected to anything else where it was pretty much just like six rooms and then a bathroom. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So like, I think that was, so it's the ground level, the first floor. Yeah. So you live on the first floor side, I guess. Yeah. The one not connected to the library, but all the way on the other the side. The other side. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I lived, um, I lived upstairs that, so I was in the second floor. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. And then when I was living there, everyone in Ryder's house was placed on the second floor. So oh it was God. a party every night. <laughs> oh, right. You didn't even have to go anywhere. They're already there. <laughs> exactly. It was perfect. And like everyone would be in a lounge and I'd plus so many great memories of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yep, definitely. So tell us about um, any like current projects you're working on, any plans for future writing, your MFA, all the good stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, I think right now I'm definitely just kind of going, you know, full speed ahead with my MFA program. I'm just like really trying to take all this kind of new information and new, new stuff in and really work it into, into my writing. And so like, I'm not, I'm kind of focusing less on like the publishing and getting things out there aspect right now. I'm really just focusing on the, okay, we're going to take what we have and we are going to make sure that whatever we're doing is working as beautifully as it possibly can be and just really centering in on that. So maybe in a few, a few months, a few years, maybe something will be coming out soon. But right now we are just, we are just hanging out and just basking in poetry. <laughs> I love that you are soaking it in. I love mm -hmm. that. Exactly. That's great. And I can't wait to read all your future work. And Thank you. Of course. Writer's House is going to be the first to know. That's where all. <laughs> yes. It's going to be in the little pro lab. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my last question for you is, is, do you have any advice for current Writer's House students, aspiring writers, or I often like to ask this question is something you wish someone told you when you first started out in writing and publishing, editing, all the good stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. Um, I think the biggest thing is, well, I think two things kind of come to mind and that's also part of it comes from the, you know, girl who <laughs> senior year thought she was going to be writing and applying to MFA programs and did not get to, to do that at that time at all which looking back I understand it was an important part but you know when you're living in it I think sometimes when you meet kind of roadblocks or speed bumps it's very easy to kind of feel like oh well okay this is it the world's telling me that I can't write I'm not a good writer I can't do this so I think the first thing I would say is to always have respect for your art and to always trust yourself to always be your number one fan because at the end of the day if you don't love what you're doing and you don't love what you're putting out there and you're not your biggest advocate and your biggest fan, then nobody else is going to be able to do that for you. It all comes from, you know, in here to start with. And I think the second thing and the, another really important thing is to kind of keep that idea of finding your writing community going even after you were out of a living learning program or out of college or out of you know, out in the real world. Cause it's so, I feel like so often people think of writers as kind of like these weird solitary creatures. Like we're all, you know, we're all like WH Auden. We're just like living in the woods and just like never hanging out with anyone else ever. And it's the farthest thing from the truth. Writer's house proves it's the farthest thing from the truth. Really, we, we find our success as writers and we thrive by having a community who supports us and by sharing our work with that community and them sharing it with us and kind of creating that support 
support system. So I think that's something that I really wish somebody, and I did, I actually um, talked to another writer's house alum, Meg Eden, about this when I first graduated. I was like, I, I just, I don't know what to do now. It's just me writing by myself and I don't know what to do with this. And so she was like, what you need is to go out and you need to find that group. In school, you kind of have that set up for you. And then once you're kind of out in the real world, you need to kind of, between work and, you know, jobs and doing cooking and cleaning and all this stuff, like you need to find that space and that group and that place where you feel like you can be your best writing self and you have that support and you have that kind of place where you can be the writer that you want to be and have that time. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of what I would, what I would say is trust yourself, trust your writing, trust your where you need to be and where you're going, even if it's not, you know, where you thought you would be or where you would thought you would be going and keep on always finding that community and reaching out to others and, you know, building a support system, even when you, it feels like we don't have one, especially now with the way the world is, we all need kind of that support in that community sometimes. Yes, for sure. And I love that advice. That is beautiful advice. I'm pretty sure I'm going to write that down later on. <laughs> yes, you put it on a little a little piece of paper and you put like a mantra above your above your computer. So when you sit down to write, you're like, okay, this is this is yes, it. the famous words by Emily. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for you know jumping on this call with me and having a conversation about writing. And I wish you all the luck in the future. You know, remember us. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Same to you. I, like I said before, I, I absolutely love, I love being able to be involved with Writer's House, even when I am no longer technically in Writer's House. It's great to, you know, have little, little reminders and the little callbacks like this and still stay connected and making, making our community together. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yay.